and at quarterback, number 19. Speed made me poop blue once. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the tenth episode, season three, six B's and a P here on AquabearLegion.com. My voice implies that I'm way more excited about the shitty Browns game from last Sunday than I am, but I'm doing it for you, people. Ian Wolf, slipping Jimbo a fiver. <laughs> Chris Mullen, angle side side. Sherry Oliver. Tonight. No one heard that. You never come through. I, never... I, I heard the shit out of it. Okay. I have something about Windows 95. Brian Weeby will be joining us later on in the show, we hope. Hello, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like he might have been there for a second. I thought that was Nate Scheibel. <laughs> oh, it kind of did sound like a Nate Scheibel. A little bit of a Nate Scheibel. Nate, we'd love to have you on the show. Browns lose after all that excitement. And first place this, the Browns lose 23-7 to to the Texans, who really aren't that good except for their monster man they have on defense. And in the same day, my favorite place in the world, the Union in Athens, Ohio, burned down. And as a distraction from that reality, I decided, oh, well, I'll watch the Browns, which I really didn't. I just texted people and looked at pictures and stuff. And in the process, the Browns let me down yet again. We'll talk more about the union later on in the show. Uh, we all have quite an attachment to that place, and so we have a little spot for it here because it's our podcast, and you can fuck off if you don't like that, right? Yeah, fuck off, listener. Take that. We, You know, I had in the notes for this week, insult audience as a whole in the first five minutes. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah uh, go fly a kite, America. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Take that, world. So... The Browns lose, and there is a lot of crappy football to talk about. I think a good way to sum it up before we get into it is that they played how the Bengals played against the Browns against the Texans. Yeah. I mean, it was ugly. There was nothing not ugly about the entire game. J.J. Watt. He's an ugly fella. What a dick. What a dick, comma, ugly fella. Along with scoring his fourth touchdown this season, he got a strip sack, five tackles, three of them for a loss, a fumble, and hurried Hoyer into several bad throws. But Spencer Lanning made him look like a bitch. He punked his ass multiple times. Yeah. Also, Spencer Lanning did that awesome running-in-motion punt, guys, which I wanted to bring up because I know – I can't remember who it was. It might have been Ian. He was your favorite Brown. It was my halfway point. Yeah, halfway point MVP on the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Fresh Line. And Spencer Lanning proved his worth in a terrible game, as he normally does. That sentence goes together. When he, like, that that snap went, like, a foot over his head. He snagged it down, deflected it, picked it up, ran forward to the left, kicked it, like, opposite foot while running, and got clocked. And it was a good punt. It was still, like, a five-yard punt. It was pretty awesome. 
Uh, Ian, you disagree with me saying that Hoyer had a decent game. Yeah, well, state your case first. You're the host. Well, I think... You know, it's funny. As you do, you put this in the outline right before... I saw it right before we went to record. And so I didn't know I was going to have to defend my, like... I just put good there. I don't even know if I really meant that when I made this outline. I mean, his stats, he had 330 yards, a touchdown... Um, but not great completion percentage. No, god awful. He was, he was 20 of 50. He threw 50 passes in that year? 50 passes, and he threw 30 of them uh, to no one. Uh, 29 of them to no one. One of them went to one of the Texans. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, okay, I didn't look at that part of it. Yeah, and, and once they had to abandon the run game in the fourth corner and throw the ball all over the place, then, of course, the yards are going to pile up. Right. They were down by a bunch. Yeah, and the other thing is, even when he wasn't being hurried by uh, Monster Watt, he he just wasn't accurate again. This is this is an ongoing concern that he's not an accurate passer. Is it that the Browns seem to be playing to their opponents? I someone I know who I talk football with occasionally brought that up to me as a he felt like the well he felt like the Bengals did it. He's a Bengals fan, and he felt like. They do it sometimes in the good way. Like when they play the Browns at home, they shit the bed, but then they go and beat the Saints in New Orleans, you know, like pretty convincingly. And I was thinking about that with the Browns. Like, you know, we were playing the Texans, a game that we need to win for a variety of reasons. Like we're in first place, but also these guys are in the playoff hunt. Like, you kidding me? And we just didn't do anything. Well, I mean, I did make that point a couple weeks ago also, that they seemed to be playing to the level of their opponent. And, yeah. That's not good. What are you going to do? He's being rushed all over the place, though, too, and he isn't an accurate quarterback. We've learned that. Yeah, and he's especially not accurate when he's got dudes all up in his business. Chris, what do you think of Hoyer's performance? He sucked assholes. There you have it, America. Cut into the quick. Beat around the bush. Yeah. Speaking of things that sucked assholes, the Browns' defense was terrible. No run defense, blue and crazy. And Mallet, Ryan Mallet had a pretty. Wait, can we go back for a minute? I'm gonna uh, expose my ignorance. What does blue went crazy mean? He's <laughs> running back for the Texans. Oh, okay, gotcha. Got like 160 yards. Gotcha. Yeah. I was watching in a bar with the sound off, so gotcha. I didn't pick up on the details like other players' names. <laughs> And Mallet, yeah, I mean, like, we didn't go after him at all because everybody was getting hurt. There was, there was absolutely no pass rush. And if you had told me, and everybody did tell me before the game because this was the reality, that Arian Foster would be out and Ryan Mallet would be starting, you'd think, oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fucking shit show on offense for them. And instead, they had, like, 420-some total yards, ran, Jesus Christ, he just ran all over him, 54 attempts for 213 yards. That's... Terrible. Yeah, it's just, it was really bad. And, you know, they just didn't – I never felt like they went after him at all, at, at all. There was not a lot of blitzing. No, no, and, and even when they did blitz, it was uh, really ineffective. And then, of course, on top of all of that, penalties were a problem, turnovers, fumbles, literally everything else that could go wrong. Missed field goal by Billy Crudup. Billy. 
It was like a 37-yarder or two. Come on, man. And then the Texans dude went out and nailed that, like, 57-yarder in the wind. And it was like, fuck you, Billy Gundiff, right? You know, like, kickers got to have that shit between them. Well, yeah. I mean, they, nobody else wants to talk to him on the team. They talk to each <laughs> So let's talk about – well, I want to talk about the end of that game too because even though it was a terrible game, I even said, I think, to – Todd came over for a little bit too, and I was talking to Todd and Sherry – that I forget what the score was at halftime, but it wasn't, like, too terrible yet. Uh, it was 14-7, and that yeah. the end and of the that Browns, first half was a fucking ugh. Yeah, the Browns were getting the ball back, and I was like, you know, as bad as the Browns have played, they're still in this game. Like, they shouldn't be, but the Texans just aren't that good, and the Browns still are only a touchdown back. Like, we can totally win. And at the end of the game, even as bad as they played the whole thing, fucking the dude ran back the touchdown that got called back. For a stupid, yeah. like a chop block or something. Yeah, it was a pretty egregious hold. He was actually, yeah, he was just yeah. grabbing his oh, arm. I'm not defending the penalty, where you like Mortal Kombat finishing move. I'm not defending Get that. Over here. Don't do that, you know? Like, And then, even though they put themselves in the crazy position of having to go for it on fourth down that many times at the end of the game, like, what's up, Miles Austin? You fucked up twice. Two times. Come on. Well, it, the the big turning point in the game, in, that I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm sure everybody else feels the same way. Is like into the first half, two minutes and change to go. Browns going in, then Crowell fumbles inside the red. That and then so instead of like maybe being up fourteen seven at the half and getting the ball back, Mallet goes on that fucking two minute drive and instead the Texans are up fourteen seven at the half. Right. Yeah, that was a big that was a big turning point, I think. And they, just offensively, they couldn't get shit together. Yeah, it never seemed to click at all. And real fast, so one positive before we get into even more negatives and then try to stop talking about it. Joe Hayden's end zone interception was pretty awesome. That was pretty great. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So Ryan Mallett, what's the deal? Anybody got anything they want to add about that guy? No, not really. Negative nope. view. All right. Injuries. Oh, Jabal Sheard. Ian, you got any stuff on Jabal Sheard or Dansby? Any? Uh, no, I do not. I will find some though. I think Dansby. I just saw a tweet today while I, you know on lunch or something that like he it looked bad. It was like, but I didn't click on it just because I don't want to. Dansby and Sheard are going to miss a significant amount of time. Oof. Uh, that's no good. Uh, Sheard might be out for the year. Go up to a month. Go, Billy Wynn. Uh, I do not have an update on him. All right, Billy Wynn, we'd love to have you on the show. And Phil Taylor's out for the rest of the year already, so that's like three dudes up front. We're going to be seeing a lot of Ishmaeli Kitchen. I mean, this team was bad against the run when they were healthy. And it's all like thirteen guys. Yeah, it's going to get. I. Uh. So. <laughs> Couldn't finish big drives. There was a couple times that those turnovers or just fourth downs happened. I mean, here's the thing, guys. At points in this game, all they were doing was they looked like a the same exact Browns from last year with Brandon Whedon, but just further down the field, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whedon could never get – he'd be, like, at his own five by the time they punted. Hoyer gets to, like, the 28 and then gets sacked for a loss of 20. And then Spencer Lanning has to be the only good – 
MVP. <laughs> uh, ref, well, how about that, Chris? Did you see that when the ref got in the way? I did. That was some serious bullshit. I think that would have been a, a interception, maybe even a pick six. And I actually have uh, – I want to see if I can pull it up from our text. I actually quoted what the announcers said, and maybe we'll talk about the announcers a little bit later. This is the quote from the announcer, everybody. Are you ready for this? When that ref got in the way? The refs are part of the field, like the grass, pylon, or field goalposts. <laughs> Which is amazing to me, right? Way to dehumanize them. Yeah, they totally dehumanize them, but I, I get what he's saying, you know. But right. And that guy should have let himself be knocked unconscious or fall fallen backwards or something. The grass ain't fucking up the interception. <laughs> God, get it together. Okay, does anybody else have anything to say about that god-awful game? I don't want to talk about it. No, but I, I do want to give you a good segue, if I may. Go ahead. Speaking of caw caw, Ben Tate was told to suck it. Pretty good, right? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. taking that. When yeah. you start those classes, I thought, well, maybe it's not the worst idea. Take some uh, hosting classes. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, co-hosting, guesting, guesting classes. You're I think you guys are all co-hosts by now. Well, I mean, you pushed back on that idea last year. You know, I'm I'm all aboard it now. I'm all. Well, then I need to drop my classes and guess re-register. The disaster here in Athens has humanized me. Time for some of that sweet, sweet co-hosting money. That's right. This would be like the time you guys have been on for a season and a half. This is like in the crappy sitcom where you start getting like your name at the beginning instead of at the end. Yeah, instead of just like featuring. Yeah, now it's like we have like a radio announcer or something. Coming up next, a spinoff. Ooh, six Q's and a D. <laughs> so ben, ben Tate told the socket. The Browns wave him deciding to, I think I'm I'm pretty much for this move, deciding to stick with Crowell and T West, who are not making much money and seem to be producing much better, and kind of cutting themselves loose of a large contract here. Yeah, I am also kind of in favor of the move. Uh, I mean, he's been. I saw a stat today in like his last five games, he'd run 53 times for 91 yards. Oof. Hey, that's that is sub Richardsonian. Yeah. And Chris. Not awful. Ben Tate, more like. Been done. Oh, Crow West, old man. <laughs> Somebody said that on the text message thread earlier. That was you, Chris, and then you come back with this been done business. <laughs> been done's pretty good. I like it. I like you it. saw the mountaintop, then you saw the valley below. I was going to say has been, but. <laughs> oh. Real fast. Uh, was it you, Ian, that had the theory about who's going to sign Ben Tate? Was that no, Weeby? I think it was Weeby. Weeby yeah. Brian well, Weeby, love to have you on the show, seriously. I got clouded because the Steelers today waved uh, the Garrett Blount. Yeah, who was pissed too. Yeah, yeah. I guess what people are saying is that Tate was getting all uh, pissy about his playing time not getting as many carries. And I guess in, when he was with Houston, he would bitch about carrying Arian Foster's jock. So maybe he's a clubhouse uh, a poison sort of dude. And now he's going to be like a shitty third running back for the Jets. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, probably. And if he goes to the Colts, we'll have to 
compete with E-Rich. And, you know, that's a terrible situation, too. Yeah, I mean, 91 yards and 53 carries is definitely not impressive. And you mentioned, you know, the theory that, you know, he's not happy and obviously he wasn't. Blount was, like, on the sidelines. He had had zero carries for zero yards and, like, walked out of the stadium. Tate wasn't that bad, but he apparently was not happy, so was told to suck it. Sherry Oliver doing a dance here in studio. Hello. Hi. How do you feel about Tate? What are your feelings on that? I honestly don't know that much about him. Uh, that's about all. Riveting radio here on 6Bs and a P. Let me ask you this, Sherry. I thought that Crow West old man is a very funny thing to say. Yeah, as Brian Weeby, I think. super funny. We would love to have him on the show. Good yeah. use. Uh, Ian, you had a question for Sherry. Yeah, if we were playing that game, I can't remember what it was called, uh, and somebody said, you know, oh, B. Tate. Would you have gotten Ben as the first thing? No, um, I think we did. Oh, Wait, no, we know. Was a good game. We did we should play bring that, that back. game. I, I got Golden Tate wrong. I said <laughs> it was Greg Tate. And honestly, up until maybe a week or two ago, I thought that Ben Tate and Golden Tate were the same person. Ooh, interesting. Maybe didn't they're Golden related. Did Tate play for the Browns? No. No. Golden Tate did. Yes, and I got did. them confused. He no longer does. I think he'd be Bronze Tate. Oh, Bronze Tate. We'd love to have you on the That's show. Tate. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. What what was that? Because of metals. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break here on six Bs and a P. All guests, including Sherry, who you just heard from, via the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Hotline. You can find us on AquamareLegion.com. Your one source for what, Chris? Bars. You're listening to Aquamareligion Six Bs and Hey everybody, Brian Weeby, Broken Bandwagon. I was asked to give my thoughts on the game. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of things to say. I don't think they haven't already been said, but the Browns just played bad. They lost to what I would consider um, an inferior opponent, and it was a bummer. And it was also one of those games that I've noticed that there's a lot of Browns games, and this season... It's not as bad as previous seasons, but a lot of times you just, as a fan, have this feeling of dread. I think to some degree every game you feel that way. But there are certain games in particular where it's just like, oh man, they're going to blow this one. And, uh, you know, felt that way against the Ravens and the Jags. And this game I, I felt that way too. And I think it was even voiced by Ian via text message that you just had a bad feeling. And on top of that, I think it was, you know, Sunday... Uh, Sundays in general are filled with dread. Um, A, if you're a Browns fan. B, just in general in life. You know, if you're a kid in school, you're dreading going back to school and all the homework you have to do and you can't even enjoy the day off. Same thing if you're an adult, you know, and have a typical Monday through Friday work week. It's just a dread-filled day. And uh, on top of that, this particular Sunday, you know, we'd all found out about the union and I was looking at photos of... uh, um, the destruction, as well as just reading people's, you know, thoughts about how sad they were to have lost the the place that meant so much to them, and, you know, I felt was feeling the same way, and on top of that, we had some friends in town, and, you know, it's Sunday, so a lot of them were leaving, and on top of that, I had, uh, you know, it was a little worse for the wear. I wouldn't say I was hungover, but, and, you know, that's another Sunday feeling, I think, generally, is a hangover. So, you know, um, all that's going on, 
and some of our friends stuck around to watch the game, and we managed to find a bar that had would play both the Browns and the Bengals because they were Bengals fans. And let me tell you something: don't watch, don't do that to yourself. Chody fart, hearing you talk shit while I was watching the Browns suck was not fun, especially when we beat you and you seem deaf to that idea. But yeah, that sucked, you know what? Now I have no sympathy for the Bengals. Fuck the Bengals. They're stupid. They're a dumb team with a dumb ginger quarterback. Not bitter or anything. I mean, we beat them, so what's the big deal? So, uh, Sunday morning, I, you know, found myself on a sidewalk and was wishing, Lord, that I was stoned. Because there's something in a Sunday that makes a Browns fan feel alone. Well, that was stupid, but it's something. All right. Welcome back to Six Bs and a P on AquaBearLegion.com. And now, the Aqua Bear extraordinaire, the Sultan of Segways, the host who can boast the most roast, Brian Costco. All right. Thank you, Chris Poland, everybody. Co-host Chris Poland. Yeah, yeah. Joined by my other co-hosts, Ian Manwolf. Less roast than you. And just joining us, you just heard from him and his views on that terrible game, Brian Weeby, the king to my JR, our color man. Rump roast. <laughs> You're right, 6B and a P here at AquamareLegion.com. Find us on Twitter at 6B1P. Those are letters and numbers. You can figure it out from there. Search us on Facebook, and you can find great things like that article I posted about that player that tried to buy something with gum earlier today. <laughs> How much gum? I didn't read the article. Uh, neither did I, I have to be honest. <laughs> he just what used is, uh, a lot of money, from what I gathered. I wonder what the ratio is from gum to U.S. dollar. We talked about how terrible the Browns were. But the exciting thing is that Josh Gordon's coming back. Yay. Are you not even that excited, guys? Well, now he's going to sell me a car. He leased a car to Mike Miller. I don't know who that is. The guy from R.E.M.? That's yeah. Mike Mills. <laughs> Mike Mills, we'd love to have you on the show. He's the basketball player dude, right? From South Dakota. Yeah, South Dakota's own. The of course of he knows that. <laughs> yeah. He's a resident South Dakotian. It's just not Dakota. To, not to be <laughs> Josh Gordon, that's gotta be good, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that is good. I mean, he's taller than five foot three, so maybe he can get those balls that Hoyer likes to throw everywhere, over everyone's head. He's got a rocket arm. Can't contain him. I don't know if that's Oh, who's that? I think it's Leroy Kelly. That must mean it's time for six peas in a pod. Hi, I'm Leroy Kelly, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, and I'm listening to six peas in a pod. <laughs> Something like that. Award-winning segment, six peas in a pod. Did you know that, guys? Award-winning. What, what award, award did we win? Uh, local regional Emmy of some sort. I think, I think we won a pea potty. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> that is wow. the high point of the episode. Yeah, that's, definitely, that's got a chance to be the name. 
But I'm curious, did Pie Corner win anything? High corner, one nothing. But I will say that this is – I have a note here in the script that Six Peas in a Pod is brought to you by the folks who brought you Pie Corner. Huh. That's up putting my name in. <laughs> so – I think Pie gonna... Corner is more of a commercial success. Six yeah. Peas in a Pod is more of a critic thing. Pie Corner is like the automatic for the people to uh, Six Peas in a Pod's <laughs> monster. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. What, what is the frequency? What is the frequency? Today's six Ps <laughs> in a pod. We're going to talk more about the union later. I brought it up briefly, uh, but we saved our segments. I wanted Brian to weigh in on some some moments that he had there. And so we'll do that later on. But this six Ps in a pod, you know, it's all about common shared experiences, guys. Why us, the six P one peers? are six peas in the proverbial pod outside of our love of the Browns. So I we've all played shows at the Union, and I wanted to ask each of you what your favorite show or moment from playing at the Union was. Chris? That's a really difficult question. Um, I have lots of beloved memories of playing at the Union, but I, I'll just go with the first thing that pops into my head, and um, that was the uh, Kid Panda Hands live rendition of Anti-Gravity Skin uh, extended mix um, in which we played with half the band in front of a curtain and half the band behind a curtain because Andrew was scared to play drums in front of people. Yes. <laughs> that was a good show, man. It was a good show. Ian? Uh, probably the one time we played Downstairs at the Union. Oh, man, that was awesome. Yeah, it was like summer of 06. A bunch of people were moving away, and it was kind of like a big old going away party. And then there was uh, Men of General Birth and Rat Brains, Los Gatos Muertos, uh, Untamed Pony, and uh, Chris Pullen's Weed Ghost. It was pretty awesome. Brian Weeby? I think I have a tie. Um, one is the Masquad show where I dropped my pants. That was awesome. <laughs> and another, the other one would be the last Lola Indiana show. Um, that was just a lot of fun, and it, that was kind of, kind of the uh, about when I was moving away from Athens too. So kind of a nice uh, cherry on top to my whole experience living there. Yeah, those, the both of those moments are definitely up there for me as well. I'll pick a different one just to have you know more, I guess. Uh, the last Casual Future show was definitely a really good one for me. And there's a great picture of Zach Fuller on top of me as I'm bent at a right angle. And my head is purple, and I'm still playing. I don't know if it's the song. Playing something, that was pretty awesome. Lola Indiana at that show that Brian mentioned, I believe, opened and closed with the same song because someone was in the bathroom and missed it the first time. And that yeah. was pretty fun. Uh, I think it was Troy. Yeah, I think so, Troy. Yeah, totally. And I also have to say the first Mass Squad show because that was the first time I performed in front of people and it obviously led to many years more of that. And it was crazy. I mean, we had, like, calculator spray-painted gold bling around our necks and stuff on ropes. It was really, really hilarious. And <laughs> But a real band was behind us, and they were awesome, and there was a bunch of people there. It was super surreal, and that was a blast. So, yeah. That's mine. 
There you have it. Like I said, though, there, there, there were so many. Like I, I probably half the shows I ever played were at the Union. Yeah. I mean, even some of those, like, you know, I've been lucky enough to, like, have, I think first shows with some of my bands later in life now were a blast, too. I remember, like, State Park playing, I think Blackout Fest might have been, no. No, we played that thing at Casa, but. I do remember the Blackout Fest show because it's the only time I ever got to play Blackout Fest. God. Oh, you know what? Another good one for me, guys, was Unmonumental, my current band. Um, he's actually playing at a benefit for the union that Casa is doing for the union and Union Street employees on November 29th down here. Uh, Unmonumental opened up for Skeleton Witch at the union, and it was very humbling. I just saw them play the other night, uh, uh, instrumental version. That's right. Yeah. We're just was... We'd love to have all of you on the show. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, Leroy, bring us back. Hi, I'm Leroy Kelly, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, and I'm listening to Six Peas in a Pot. <laughs> Something like that. So, is this Browns team a contender at all at this point? Hey, man, six and four. Do you believe in that? I mean, do you believe that they're going to pull together a couple wins? Uh, I think they could. Uh, you know, this is <clears throat> as bad as it looked. I mean, it was kind of like the Jaguars, and, you know, maybe we'll come back next week and put a thump in on the Falcons. And, you know, it's just like reading the sports media, too, about the Browns. It's kind of annoying because, like, Every win, it's like, sign Hoyer, give him money. Every loss, it's like, time for Johnny Q football. Right. And I just don't want to buy into it too much, but I guess based on my uh, experience, I I think the end result will most likely be heartbreak, but uh, I think we can win some more games before that happens. Went from first place to last in one week. (laughs) The AFC North. Who... Do you guys, who's the team you worry the most about in the AFC North? Obviously, we're 6-4 and four now. The Bengals are 6-3-1, and one, so they're in second. The Steelers are 7-4. and four. I don't know how that works. Are they in first? Yeah, they haven't had their bye yet. <clears throat> yeah, I think they're technically in first now, but I'm not and certain about that. We're tied with the Ravens at 6-4. and four. And, I mean, who do you worry the most about out of those teams? Honestly, the Steelers. Think? I mean, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell can win games on their own. And, yeah, we uh, too. But at I the same know. time, they, and I hate look, them the most, so they worry me the most. They looked so shaky last night against you know uh, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and they have a that real bad loss or two bad losses. They lost to the Buccaneers, right? Yeah. And uh, somebody else. Us. And, the Jets? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Jets. So, I mean, every team has serious flaws. I don't know who to really be afraid of. I think the team I'm most fearful of are the Browns themselves. Ooh, that's pretty deep. That's fair. I mean, well, the other thing, when you that's ask... Our driveway people, <laughs> that's our driveway moment. NPR does those driveway moments. 6B1P's driveway moment is when Ian said things like, I think I'm most worried about the Browns themselves. If, if you quote to me that line, I will take you to Target and buy you a tote bag. There you have it. Frank Radio. <laughs> Go ahead, Ian. Sorry. 
But when you're asking if the team was a contender, I, I just want to say no, only because every time I start to believe in them, they go and do something like this. Right. I mean, this game's a killer. I don't have the playoff picture stuff up. I was going to try to pull it up, but it's not only at this point do you want to stay in first and win games, of course, but the Texans are now 5-5, five and five, and there's a, they're a team that could end up in that wild card picture possibly. And now they own a tiebreaker. I believe the Bills and the Dolphins own tiebreakers ahead of us, or at least the Dolphins do. Uh, the Dolphins do, San Diego does, and Baltimore yeah. does. We're in 10th, I believe I saw yeah, playoff picture right now, which sucks. I mean, we were fifth or fourth, I think, of the last week. I know this is the time of year that happens, but it just you got to win these games, you know. Yeah, and it's scary that we've lost so many uh, defensive players, as I'm sure you guys already talked about. But our defense already wasn't doing great, and to lose like. I mean, Jabal Sheard I've, and Dansby are pretty fucking crucial people. Totally. It's a scary thing. Dansby's a leader, I think, on that defense, too. Not to say that Sheard's not, but I get the feeling that he's a bit of a good a veteran. veteran presence. Yeah. Now he's in the kitchen. <laughs> and Adolf Hitner. Who's that? <laughs> Ian, cue up that music. I'm putting Brian Weeby on the hot seat. Yeah, God damn it. is there a hot seat theme song? I just don't hot remember. Seat, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go with that. I queued it up. You did it. All right, Brian Weeby, we're putting you All in right. the hot seat this week. You ready? I guess so. All right, all guests on AquabearLegion.com, six Bs and a P via the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Fresh Line. Find your Pierogi Mountain, Bourbon Street, Tuesday nights. It's Pierogi night. It's awesome. They make them there. You eat them there. And you can buy them there all the time for carry out. All sorts of delicious flavors. Check it out on Facebook. And it's in Wyland Supermarkets up in Columbus as well. And tonight they're running a special $3 for chicken popper cash. Oh, shut the fuck up. I, okay. No, <laughs> don't. I meant it was like a figure of speech. Uh, okay. Pierogi Mountain. Stop recording and drive to Columbus. All right. <laughs> See you guys later. Thanks, Pierogi Mountain, for not just sending us popper cash in advance. Brian Weeby, Pierogi Mountain Hot Seat. You ready? Yep. All right. Favorite Browns game this year? Uh, the Bengals game. That was awesome. Favorite comic book right now? Oh, gosh. I uh, have not been able to read comic books out of uh, being far too busy lately, which is sad to say. So uh, it's not running right now, but Lock and Key was a very satisfying read from start to finish and one of the things that got me back into comic books. All right, check that out. Crowell or West? Uh, I think Crowell has far more potential. He just got to hang on to that football. Ben Tater, Trent Richardson. Oof. I bet they'll both be playing for the Colts. Um, I'd probably go with Ben Tate. Would you rather get baked with Josh Gordon or Devon Bess? Man, hopefully they're both in the room. I guess I'm going to say Josh Gordon, but I did watch a football life starring uh, about Brandon Marshall last night, uh-huh. and Devon Bess had a guest appearance because... Brandon Marshall's big about mental health awareness, and he's been helping Devon Bess get his shit together. 
Hashtag oh. real talk. That's nice. Yeah. What's your favorite place in Chicago right now? My bed. <laughs> well put. Brian Weeby, you were making a sandwich. What's on it? I'm real into mustard lately. Generally, I think egg sandwiches are a staple of my diet. Delicious. So there's probably some eggs, some kind of maybe some horseradish mustard, some hot sauce, a little cheese, a little lettuce, a little mayo, Goes and hopefully good. some uh, some local fresh bread as opposed to some of that shit out of a plastic bag. Ain't no wonder bread up in the Weeby household. What about bala bread? Bala. Double wrapped. <laughs> bala bread I can handle. Brian Weeby, audience, if I can interject for a minute, once told me that fancy bread was wrapped twice. <laughs> out of the bag, and that shit's still wrapped. That means you're a baller. Brian Weeby, Derek Anderson, or Charlie Fry? Oh. I guess I preferred Charlie Fry simply for being able to reference the way in which he threw balls straight into the air when he was, came under pressure. <laughs> it was an interesting reflex. Favorite Browns coach of all time? I like Patton a lot, but I gotta say Romeo Cornell. I mean, he's just like a big old friendly walrus on the sidelines, and and his defense put a hurting on us this week. Yeah, I was gonna say he was the Texans' defensive coordinator. Also, I saw an article that was going around on social media about seals that were having sex with penguins, and then I saw that too. <laughs> And it instantly made me think of Romeo Cornell. I don't know why. Last question <laughs> on the Brody Mountain Hot Seat, Brian. All right. Pick a nickname for yourself. What would it be and why? Oh, man. I This isn't <laughs> – uh, I don't even know if I should say this. Um, <laughs> yes, you should. When I played sports, I always wanted to be number two because I thought – the Deuce would be a good nickname. <laughs> so maybe the Deuce. Nice. I love it. All right. Cool down that seat, Deuce. <laughs> Brian, Brian Costco, same question to you. What would your nickname be if self-applied? Oh, man. You know what? I was actually – my Uncle Jack, who passed away like in back in 2001, had a few good nicknames for me that I – still enjoy and would put them on myself if I thought people would call me. One was the 29th Street Flash. <laughs> that's where I grew up. And Cool Breeze was the other one. <laughs> and I thought these were both kick-ass nicknames, especially when you're a little kid and, like, your uncle's calling you that. That's awesome. Like, when, like I would see him, like, when I would go for parties and the first thing would be like, what's up, Cool Breeze? <laughs> That was pretty cool. So yeah, cool breeze, Costco. Right, either of those, I'm fine with. And the 29th Street Flash is awesome. Mm -hmm. That's just your predilection for public nudity. Right. Yeah, it did take on a different meaning in my later years. So. Chris Poland, I want. I, I, this is a, such a good question. I want to know. Oh man, I, I I'm trying to think of nicknames hot that seat, I have. Hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. <laughs> hot seat, Poland. <laughs> Where would he get that idea? Sherry Oliver. I don't you... think I could carry a nickname. Really? Yeah. Did you ever, what's your bowling nickname? Oh, uh, Hair Toss. Hair Toss. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Hair Toss. That's a good one. That's right. Maybe it wasn't audible. 
Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Come back. No, wait, Ian has to do his. Oh, oh yeah, Ian. Manwolf. I do like Manwolf. Bubble Toes, because I love Jack Johnson. Bubble Toes? <laughs> It's a Jack Johnson song. That's very funny. <laughs> there you have it. 6B1P getting cerebral on you. We're taking a break. We'll be back. <laughs> talk about the union the week next week. Woo! Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. And your little angel hung the cat up by its tail. And your third fiance didn't show. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Troubles are all the same You want to be where everybody knows your name All right You just heard something, whatever Chris Poland decided should be there Co-host I'm going to put in an entire set from the Union Oh, that'd be cool no, it wouldn't. It'd be like forty minutes. <laughs> no, do you think people really like if Dave Obenauer really wants to listen to the Tweet of the Week, he'll fast forward past that shit. But I do think this is going to be a cool part of the episode. It has nothing to do with the Browns. It has to do with one of my favorite places on this planet, and that is the Union in Athens, Ohio. Which on Sunday this past weekend, um, a fire happened on West Union Street in my home of Athens, Ohio. It took out about five or six businesses and several buildings, and one of those buildings being the beloved Union Bar and Grill, another one being Jackie O's, uh, their public house and their kitchen part of it, uh, which both the downstairs of the Union and Jackie O's, it should be mentioned, just suffered you know, pretty serious water damage and some smoke damage and things like that, not actual structural damage, but still pretty serious stuff. But the upstairs of the Union, which hosted many a wonderful show, uh, for decades and decades now, it was completely gone at this point. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty surreal for me, being that not only is it attached to my college experiences and formative years, but also the last 10 years of my life as well, living here in Athens. Um, but there is some good news on the front of, of all of this, and that is that they are planning on rebuilding. They found some good information, at least structurally, that that building will be enough that it can be rebuilt with insurance money and community support. It's going to take a really long time. And I think Jackio's, though, having to, it's going to take a while for them to get back on their feet. Part of their bar is the brewery still open. But a bunch of other businesses, too. I mean, obviously, I bring up those two because they're related to music and my life and our lives and Aquabear and all of these things. But uh, several other businesses in Athens, uh, of course, lost their locations too in their buildings and, and about 30 or 40 students I think are displaced too so it's just super sad stuff and it's been pretty incredible to see the community gather around it and I thought you know we all had big experiences there and, and 
you know, huge parts of our lives or something, and I wanted to talk about it. So before we get into that, I do want to mention that there is a, a fund you can give online, a GoFundMe uh, page for the employees of all of these businesses who, of course, now all don't have jobs, and, uh, you know, that sucks, and we can help support those fine folks who, who supported us for years and been awesome to everybody. So that is... is the, at, the website is GoFundMe? Yeah, it's called GoFundMe.com, and it's slash Athens Fire. It's like it a Kickstarter for, like, personal fundraising. Yeah. It, it should be go fund yourself. <laughs> that is pretty. Or fund off. And yeah. it's pretty incredible. Sherry, you actually have it up. Can you tell us what it's at well, now? Well, so the original, um, the original goal was for them to raise $10,000. And in uh, they've kept raising the goal as they've been raising more money. In two days, they've raised... $31,129, um, and that's just, like, as of this moment, their current goal is to raise $40,000 to, um, you know, support, what, there's probably 60... Yeah, 60 people, 80 people that are out of work, and it's a tough time of year for that to happen, and it sucks with... It's a lot of our friends and, and people we know. I just heard from our very good friend and, and definite Aqua Bear veteran, Andrew Lample of Hoffa's Records. And Andrew, you know, me were exchanging texts earlier, and he was sitting across the street at Hoffa's just looking at, looking through the buildings, as he put it, across the street where he's been spending 14 years at Hoffa's alone, let alone his entire life. And, you know, he brought up that he knew the folks at the flower shop, which Bernard just had a kid. And, you know, so this is, like, serious shit, and it goes beyond these places, but... I did want to talk about, so please go donate there anyway. It's, we'll post a link from 6Bs and a P, but it's GoFundMe.com slash AthensFire, and even if you just have a couple bucks to give, it could really help somebody out. So I wanted to ask all of you guys, we're going to talk about a couple things, but just as a person there, what was your favorite moment, and uh, I don't care who starts. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this this is my fi not my favorite moment playing there, but just my favorite moment there. Or just yeah, I mean whatever, man. A great moment. Oh man, uh, I don't know. There's lots of them. Um, uh, you know, to I guess I'll I'll go to another Kid Panda Hands show. This was back when Kid Panda Hands was just Jimmy Kaiser and Andrew Lampla, and I had just joined the band. And uh, I think it might have been one of our first shows together with me in it. And um, we created a wall of noise that was so heinous that uh, by the end of our set, no one was upstairs anymore, <laughs> uh, <laughs> including Rick Dodson. Uh, he, he couldn't take it. Couldn't take it. Rick left. Brian, what was your favorite? Um... I brought this up. My sister was writing an article for something about uh, people's experience with Court Street. And uh, I recounted uh, a night where I was at uh, the downstairs of the union and Randy was there and some of my uh, film school friends. And I drank a bunch of Long Island iced teas, and they said, they told me if me and Randy kissed, that they'd buy us both whatever we wanted. And we kissed, and right when I kissed Randy, I realized that I was super drunk, and I didn't even need another drink. 
<laughs> You're like, I'm pissing Randy. <laughs> and then they're like, what do you want to drink? And I'm like, I don't even want anything. And then they gave me another Long Island iced tea. And then I believe I went outside and there was a pile of boxes waiting to be picked up for recycling. I remember that. And I started kicking them and yelling at random passersby to help me kick the boxes. Yeah, and some people did. I remember it. I came outside during that moment, America, I believe. <laughs> Just to, like, have a smoke or something. And Brian Weeby is fighting a pile of boxes. <laughs> and there's like, a lot of... A lot of good memories in front of the union at about two or two thirty a.m. Forty-five minutes of figuring out where are we going, what's happening. Smoking cigarettes. Yep. Ian, what about you? Uh, I so desperately want to cheat this question by giving an upstairs, a downstairs, and an outside. Do it. <laughs> yeah, man. Upstairs, the uh, show, like the first show, Men and Gentle Birth played there. Is with the make believes and I think Grafton maybe. Ooh, it was on yeah. like my twenty fifth birthday or twenty sixth. I can't remember exactly what year. It had to have been like two thousand four or two thousand five. But it was on my birthday and like it, it went over really well and that was just awesome because that's kind of what uh, got us into that community. And without that, I would never have met probably any of you guys and, and a whole mess of other people. Were you living in Lancaster at the time? Yeah, or I, was, I was living in Athens, in Athens and I, I knew some people just from working at Avalanche, but I like lived out in the country, and like, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more outgoing now than I was then. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember, just a quick side note, too, just because I love this stuff, you know. I saw Men in Gentle Birth, and I was like, that those guys are awesome, and I loved it, and that was before I knew you, and not long after that, you delivered <laughs> to my apartment and I said hey aren't you in Men of Gentle Birth and you said yes and that is how we met <laughs> and I probably didn't know what to do with somebody actually knowing that yeah everything happened like I, yeah leave me alone <laughs> when you set up shows and you play in bands I think it's just a natural like when you see a band that you like and I'm like oh you're only <laughs> Lancaster that's close enough like you need to play more and we should play together it's a pretty quick thing so my, my favorite downstairs moment, and I will say no more than uh, it had to be Todd getting awesome on Brian and Sherry's wedding night. <laughs> Most definitely. Shout out to Todd. And a picture of that on Sherry's Facebook, I think. He was like posted a picture. It wasn't even really Todd in his Oh, best. man. That was like, Todd was awesome. So, yeah, the story for that, it was just that, you know, me and Sherry got married. And, of course... Just like everything else in life, the party went to the union downstairs for a very patient Lou Leonard uh, who... There was no one else even in town. He was bartending. All of his employees were at our wedding, and, and everyone so else was gone, and we filled there. his bar and got wasted there until well after the illegal hour. And, yeah, Todd got incredible. He, I quote that his tie was going to take him over. Yeah, it was my favorite night of Todd ever. There's a great picture one of my favorite pictures of the union, and there's a lot, is of Todd and all of the ladies from the wedding. Like all of the, <laughs> all the girls who were like at the wedding and in town, and like Sherry and her good friends, and like everybody, like every lady that was there was like drunk and ready to take a picture. And then Todd was like, "I want to be in the picture too," and he looks like a maniac. <laughs> you could yeah. see like every single tooth. And uh, if I remember correctly, not to out you again, Brian Weeby, 
Um, but I believe you kissed Todd that night. I know. I was thinking about that. I think I kissed yeah, Todd, me. I think Todd kissed you, for what it's worth. But yeah, I mean, the union appears to be uh, no homo trigger for you. I, I kiss dudes at the union. I think a lot of people do, though. You know, I mean, Andrew's been known to cross some gender and sexuality barriers. Okay, don't say. <laughs> Sherry, or wait, hold on, outside, Ian, outside. Uh, outside, uh, this is dumb, Is after a show, like, I was out there uh, talking to Chris Corbett, and Tyler, who was, you guys know Tyler, uh, yeah. he, after the show had taken to hiding in that little crack, I think there's like a little, like, eight-inch wide space between the union and uh, what was Kismet, I can't remember what it was back then, and, and Tyler taking that opportunity to just spend probably a good 45 minutes hiding in that crack and just jumping out at random and screaming whether <laughs> anybody was there or not, just hoping to surprise somebody. And it was the funniest in world. Because more often than not, there's nobody there. He was just jumping out and yelling. He's like, all right, look back in here I go. The last time I saw Tyler, he was standing on the sidewalk in front of the union with a 12-pack of bush light just drinking beers out of the 12-pack instead of going into the union. Responsible <laughs> guy. It sounds like Tyler. Yeah, it's about right. Sherry, what about you? Um, oh, man. Uh, I think the first time, like, it was before I knew anyone. I didn't have any friends, but there was um, Chris Pohl, and I think you might have been there, because I think it was the night I met Andrew. Yeah. Uh, it was the big cover-up. Uh, uh, where, like, Donna and a bunch of people did X. Um, the and, band, not the drug. Right, right, yeah, the band. <laughs> um, and uh, Grafton did Mud Honey, and I don't remember what else, um, but that was, uh, actually, we had posted a video of that a couple months ago, and I found myself, like, in the back, like, nervously, just, like, chain-smoking cigarettes because I didn't have anyone to talk to. Um, but that was so much fun. And that, do you remember the Lemon House Collective show? Oh, yeah. The one uh, where we go played, played instead of, of our villains. Yeah. <laughs> from that show. Mine just recently, I think, bit the dust. Did we play that? Was... Yeah, you did. You totally did. You played one yeah. of them. There was a Columbus one and an Athens one. I think you played the Athens one. That yeah. was like, that was the most fun. I, yeah. I have different memories of that show. <laughs> Not fun, not fun. Bad memories. Well, it doesn't matter now. The Husher went long, like way long. Oh. Mm. Well, I couldn't tell because I was. Seems like it does matter. (laughs) It was. I don't know. I don't know if you guys remember this one or not, but um, one of my favorite, like out of town, you know, bigger bands that came, and I was excited that we got to open for was um, Centaur. Oh, the home guy. Yeah, that was awesome. Big Sleep yeah, coming crazy. through was awesome, too. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, actually, to everybody. And I'll, I'll give my favorite union stuff at the end, but that's a good segue because I learned about those at hosting school. Um, what what was your favorite band you saw there? You know, and it could be a few, but just your favorite band, local or out of town, or specific performance. And Chris, you mentioned Centaur. Any others for you? Uh, Big Sleep was really cool, High on Fire, but for me, like, it wasn't as much about those out-of-town bands as it was about just this vibrant, amazing local music scene where, you know, just anybody could get together with friends and start a kick-ass band and have this great 
dank bar to play in. Mm-hmm. Pretty special. Yeah, and you know, uh, I was talking to uh, my dad's best friend. He went to the uh, he went to OU in the '60s, um, and you know, the he last time he had been back to Athens was a couple years ago, and he said the Union was the only place that you know remained from his tenure there. Wow! Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, I actually, you know, not to be cheesy, and I think, you know, we all kind of have this really deep connection to that place. And and I saw someone, you know, I've been really, it's been really cool on social media for once to just see all these awesome things, people's photos. And I saw there's someone... This, uh, there's like a Facebook group on, well, there's a group on Facebook, like, for the union, and it was before they had, like, kind of an official, like, page that you could like. And no one's really touched it for, like, the last two years. But, like, suddenly, like, in the last two days, it's become, like, the most, like, amazing repository of just, like, photos and flyers. crazy and, stories. Yeah, and stories. I mean, I've seen Jesus lizard flyers and millions of dead cops and, you know, just, like, crazy pictures and stories from people. And you realize there's kind of this common thread that goes between everybody, which is that we're all the weirdos and that gave a place for people to find the other weirdos and to make music or just drink a beer and watch a baseball game for a little bit or play pool and talk to people like I graded papers there when I was a student teacher um, it was just that was it and this weekend it really bums me out to n- not be able to go there and so I think Somebody put it really well, which was that, you know, most people enter the union as a stranger and you leave it having a family and a group of people and a place that's kind of always there. And I think you guys, too, all of you, I've been here since I came to college. Uh, I haven't left. I haven't left the union until it burned down. But you guys all, you know, that's still where we go when you come back to town. And, yeah, Absolutely. And I, I, I've been back in Ohio two months, and like I'd been meaning to get down to Athens, and just hadn't been able to find the time. And then this goes and happens. Yeah. Bummer. Ian, what was your your favorite band you've seen there? Uh, I mean, it was awesome seeing Madman there. I mean, we got to open. I forgot about those fucking huge. That's like one of the coolest things I've ever got to do. Uh, but you know, it's like Chris says, just like. You know, your friends' bands, or even bands with you know, people you weren't necessarily friends with that were real good, like Rat Brains and Narc Unit, those guys. I really loved Rat Brains, I gotta say. B March, of course. Awesome. Yeah. What about Bass March? <laughs> Bass March was great. Guys, I remember, Flash you remember when I, like, I called you and I was like, I finally got it. Yeah. <laughs> Bass March was a band that consisted of. Arch Villains, We March, and Small Object Day, and I it took me like a week to figure out <laughs> they smarch and they wrote it with like the Small Object Day lowercase A is the A in smarch and it made it pretty obvious. I get it, but, yeah. <laughs> Brian, what about you? Man, I, I'm just gonna echo the same things. Probably uh, like all the local bands, you know. I feel like the first show that I went to, I went to with you, and I feel like. Uh, we March played there, and the Red Tails, who had become oh, the Dragline yeah. Brothers. Yeah. 
And Zach was, like, hanging from a wire above the stage. Yeah, that was when we were, like, pretty early on in college. I remember that show. Curtis was playing with the Red Tails then, I think, playing, like, Oregon or something. It was wild. And, And yeah. On top of that, all the bands you guys have been in, you know, uh, they were awesome. Adam Torres. uh, I also got to give a shout-out to uh, Crucifixion Addiction. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Those guys were awesome. That was one of my. That was just super fun to see, especially because I knew uh, Dylan, the singer, and I had no idea that he did that. And he was a very quiet, you know, friendly guy. And then he's up there singing like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. It was incredible. Jerry. I mean, yeah, it's the same thing. All of my friends' fans. I think uh, the very first time I ever saw uh, Judy Hutchison play, though, was yeah. at the Union. And he played, it was at the beginning of one of the community music festivals. I think the first community music festival where I was actually dating you and not the one where uh, you just had to guide me home uh, along with Ian and and some other people. Which, Ian, was the first time that I saw Man of Gentle Birth. Or or Um, Eli. Eli. (laughs) That was a great show. That was not at the Union. But Ian, when we played Casual Future Men Gentle Birth at Ohulis. Ohulis. It was Ohulis. Yeah, it was. But um, I I saw upstairs, and I remember uh, like it was like you know like seven o'clock, and it was really quiet, and I was like sober and made the decision that I would still like sit down on the floor, which felt like kind of like a big decision to make. Like I knew <laughs> like what I was sitting on, but it didn't really feel appropriate to just like stand there and stare at him while he played. Um, so that was the first time I ever sat on the floor at the union, too. Yeah, well, pretty gross. The last time you sat on the floor there. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the last time, but it was definitely like just the first. Man, I saw so much awesome stuff there. I don't even know where to start. Out of town bands, like I stood in front of Mike Watt and shook his hand oh, yeah. at the union, and it was the craziest, one of the crazier things that's happened in my life. Because wow, if there was a a man that personified the impact, like in the equal terms of what the union did for me, that would definitely be one of them. To meet him there was cool. Um, same for Jonathan Richmond. He's played some pretty oh, incredible okay. shows at the union. And then, yeah, like stuff like Centaur, and I remember seeing, um, oh, God, Don Caballero there. It was awesome. Like, And I have been, you know, it's been a really unique experience for me there because not only as a place to go to enjoy shows and play them, but I booked some there too. And so the first time I did things like that was pretty crazy. And the last two shows I booked, the last three shows I booked, ah, fuck the last four shows (laughs) there were actually four of the favorite, my most favorite shows. And that was, um, we did Aqua Bear County fair, which we do there every year. I've done there every year, the last six years of the eight that we've done it. And connections played, and it was awesome. And then not long after that, William Hooker trio. That might have even been before that, actually, which is this crazy free jazz show, and it was awesome. And then yeah, we did Water Liars and Peter Walker. It was like this old hippie guitarist guy who was totally out there. So I mean, it was just that was always really fun too. Like having a place that not only I could hang out at and play at and see my friends at and see awesome bands at, but like. There's something really cool about somebody letting you do something somewhere. And, you know, I was someone who 
tried to take that on and, and meet those people. Like I remember not only just going there to watch shows, but I distinctly remember my first interactions of talking to the, the people that worked there and ran it. And I was always very interested in that given what I like to do. And it was just really awesome that a place didn't like, they totally welcomed me into being a part of that too. And it, it took some time, but it was in a whole nother part of the community that was sweet and, Sometimes made you count the amount of people that were coming in the door to see if you could pay the man <laughs> the amount of money you said you would pay them. So yeah, I, from the you stage. guys. Have, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ian. I was going to say sometimes I could count them from the stage on one hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I know. Yeah, I think he's already been mentioned before, but like. I don't know. I, when I think of the union, I think of Zach Fuller because like. Oh, man. There is so few times, yeah, like in weird science, but especially we march. I mean, I yeah, I remember seeing oh, we march the first time, mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, I just there are very few times when I would welcome, you know, a, a half naked sweaty guy. To run up to me, wrap his arm around my throat, you know, headbutt me and scream in my face. But like, it just made sense when Zach was doing it. <laughs> right. or, or Johnny. Or Johnny. Or Johnny, yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time I really got Dirty Johnny armpit on my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know oh, what? Man. Somebody brought up on the Facebook group, and I thought it was pretty cool that they, you know, there used to be that wall of photos that one of the former Unites took and put on the wall upstairs. And somebody said they knew they arrived when their band took, when she took their photo, and hopefully it would be on the wall. And you brought up that one of the last Casual Future shows might even been the last one, Matt Prasuti and me outside, and Matt just being like, you guys sounded awesome, and I was like, oh man, I really wish you had heard us in all of these years that we had been playing shows, because now we don't exist, <laughs> but it was also that moment of like, oh man, this guy who I love, and plays music, and is awesome, and been here for years, you know, said, I, what I did was cool, you know, it was one of those moments. As mm -hmm. always. Guys, about the craziest show that none of us were at because I think we were all in preschool but some guy shared it on the Facebook page tonight. Please do. Um, uh, 80s hardcore, right? It was, it was the, the show that caused all hardcore and punk shows to be banned from the union for an entire year. I can't tell exactly when it was but it was when Springfest was going on like the are you guys familiar? Like, Springfest was, like, the Ohio University, like, it was kind of like, I guess, the OU-sponsored, like, number fest, yeah. but, like, in the late 80s, early 90s, and the U university would buy, you know, like, 100 kegs, and, like, terrible bands would play, like, uh, Eddie in the Hot Seats, or... But Guided by Voices played one year. At Springfest? Yeah. Huh. Well, this was the Fuck Springfest show. Um, <laughs> and on May 9th... Uh, I'm assuming I, I, I would guess 86 or 89, yeah. but uh, Legion of Doom, Army of God, Slaughterhouse from Detroit, Slaughterhouse, um, and uh, a couple other bands, Mental Paws, Chester, and Slant Within. Nope. No, it's nope. Slam Whitman. Slam Whitman. Slam <laughs> Whitman. Slam Whitman. And also, I want to say real fast that, I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but we've heard that Slaughterhouse from Detroit contained... What? It's, um, yeah, sorry, I didn't want no, to make sure okay. you... 
So the guy, the guy posted his memory. Um, uh, finally, the show that got punk slash hardcore bands ba barred from the union for a year. Slaughterhouse threw roadkill at the audience. Um, <laughs> and then uh, people started commenting, like people who'd been at this show. Someone said, well, the rumor was that one of them actually did work at a slaughterhouse. <laughs> and I remember seeing what looked like a skinned deer head. The one guy was stuffing entrails down his pants and flinging guts off of the stage. The next guy who comments said, it was too much. I had to go to a Hoolies. That's when I realized I was kind of a pussy and life got much easier after that. <laughs> um, then uh, if you go down a little bit, uh, uh, Stephanie Hayes, who still lives here in town, I talked with one of the guys on the sidewalk in front after Dave chased him out with a gun. There you have it. Yeah. He did work at a slaughterhouse. He was covered in blood, and we were talking about calling our moms for Mother's Day. Um, so, yeah. And I think it's important to bring up, too, that while we're all like, oh, man, remember that time Like I got so drunk and played a show? That there was a guy at one point in the 80s when we were all little kids with fucking a skin deer head and entrails in his pants, getting... flinging guts at people and getting chased out later with a gun. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think I would have wanted to be there, but I think right. I would have wanted to be in Athens at the time so I could hear other people tell me about it. Right. Yeah, anyway, it's, and actually I've decided in the process of this just because it was pretty cool and I, I really like it. We're going to put this up separate as well for those folks out there who might not want to make it through a whole episode of 6B and a P and love the union. So maybe you get, people can share more memories. There's some pretty cool stuff, and it's a special place. And I'm confident it's going to be back there at some point, and we'll play on that stage again, and maybe there won't even be a pole in the middle. <laughs> you know, I kind of want the pole there. I yeah. do, too. You know, I looked at photos from the 80s. Me and Emily Prince are trying to figure it out. Uh, Stewart's Opera House, where I work, has the same problem, where you have to sometimes figure out the architecture based on the photos that you see. And there's some photos of the Union in the 80s, no pole, and then it shows up at a point, and I don't understand why. Probably to hold the roof up. Probably. That's not a concern. <laughs> Quick fix. Um, so, again, um, our thoughts with everyone on West Union Street who's dealing with it, all the businesses, the union, and Jackie is especially because of how much they love music and we love them. And <laughs> you can go to GoFundMe.com slash AthensFire to donate a little bit of money to support all of those employees that are affected by that. We'll share that link on 6B and a P Facebook. And, and if you heard this separately, you're listening to AquabreLegion.com. Woo! Okay, football, before we leave, I want to bring up two more things. One is, of course, the Tweet of the Week. Ian, do you have that music? I do. It's the Tweet of the Week. All right. Haven't gotten a letter from Asia yet. First Tweet of the Week comes from Jason Pinkston, uh, who no longer plays for the Browns. 
but you know he was the one that retired due to medical stuff. So he he tweets some hilarious shit, and until he stops doing that, he's gonna be on here. He said and, uh, earlier today on Tuesday, it's colder than two light skinned chicks outside. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> we got, I don't even know what it means, but I think white girls get cold. <laughs> Maybe light-skinned uh, Hispanic and African-American women also get cold. I don't know if that's a thing. I just thought it was great. And good use of the straight-line smiley face. You don't see that a lot. I thought that that was appropriate at the end of that. A uh, few more tweets. One informational and I think inspirational from Pumpkinhead, who we love. Of course, guy at the Browns game. You can pick him out because he's got a pumpkin for a head. Find him on Twitter at Pumpkin Nation. He said, well, look on the bright side, Browns Nation. Josh Gordon returns next week, and hopefully with Jordan Cameron. Hashtag Cleveland versus Atlanta. Hashtag go Browns. One more tweet from our man T. West, who's probably going to get promoted at least to running back up by a committee duo this time with the Crow. Crow West, man. The tweet. <laughs> Said earlier, Brian Weeby to quite. I think everybody liked it. That's hilarious. Yeah, and that's Brian Weeby there. You can find him uh, here all the time. Co-host. Mm-hmm. T West at Terrence West underscore twenty eight. You can only control what's in your control. Found. <laughs> before we go. So uh, before we leave, last thing next week versus the Falcons. Uh, Obviously, we got to win some games here, and I think we're going to have to start wishing that other teams lose, too. Falcons are in first place at 4-6, and six, right? Holy shit. Or 4-5 and five or something, not 500. I what about you in their division? Whoa. Because wow. the NFC South sucks. Mm-hmm. It's sucks. the Falcons. They're not in, like, everywhere first place. No, just in the NFC South. <laughs> They'll be in the playoffs. Playoffs? started today. And the Browns would be tenth in the AFC. We gotta win. Yep. Good point. Josh Gordon. Anybody else? Hard hitting analysis. <laughs> Is there a question? Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, just, like, I mean, I just wanted to talk about the game. Yeah, they need to win. Yeah, I think the Browns, uh, the Falcons have some weapons, but I think they're. Uh, we can beat them. We beat the Saints. You know, come on. We got to beat them. I pick, I, I'm saying a rebound game, and we put a shellacking on them, and it'll be like uh, 21-10. to 10. Ooh, I have to say I think that might be the most reasonable score prediction given on this show ever. This is the same show that I believe at one point included <laughs> 3,000 to nothing. Chris, what do you think, Falcons? 69 to 2. <laughs> a safety only is the only points we scored in Falcons. Ian Wolf. Uh, three thousand one to one. Sherry Oliver. I'm gonna go with Ian. Yeah, same one. Isn't that weird? You guys have the same score. Cool. Yeah, we gotta win it. And I mean, I'm I guess I'm the most worried about our defense. The offense is inconsistent to some degree. I think the offensive line has a lot to do with it. But Hoyer and our run run game and the receivers, especially with Gordon back, I feel like they can put some stuff together, especially if Cameron comes back. But the defense, I mean, we're getting pretty deep on that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Concussion, like a couple game concussion. They knocked the, the Jesus out of him. He's too handsome. They knocked the handsome right out of him. Aww. I know. 
He's gonna come back looking like motherfucking uh, Hunchback in Notre Dame. I was gonna say mask. Ooh, mask with share. And Eric Stoltz. Let's not forget the tape. Yeah, Browns got to win next week. I don't know who they play after the Falcons. They play the Bengals again or something? Steelers? I don't. Who knows? All right. Who cares? You can find us. Anything else? Uh, <laughs> they play the Bills next. Oh yeah, we can beat these guys too. Yeah, I mean those are two games they really need to win, especially because they lost that Texans game. You got to beat these teams who are not the top teams. They still got to play the Colts and the Bengals and the Steelers or the Ravens. Colts, Bengals, and Ravens are all definitely need both those uh, division games. Yes. Do they play the Honestly, is the Bills game in Buffalo? Does anybody have a schedule? Yes, yes it is. Thirty-five feet of snow there, I believe, mm-hmm. fell today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Honestly, I think they might have a better shot at the division than they do the wild card. Yeah, good point. That game against—I mean, like, yeah—you got to win these games against, especially the teams that are going to be there too. Like the Bills and the Texans are both teams that could be floating around in the wild card. There, you got to win those games. That's why it sucks. And we got to really start putting all our six P one P mojo against our divisional teams. Yes. Yeah. Eat our butts. Eat our butts. AFC North, eat our butts. Yeah, whole thing. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We hope that next Sunday does not involve another of our favorite places burning down on the Browns shitting the bed. I don't see how that could happen two weeks in a row. But if it does, we'll still talk about it, you know, try to work it out. I don't know how that happened. I guess it would be Miller's Chicken or something. I know, I know. Why would I even say that? Knock on wood. Edit that out. No. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm sad now. Man, no, I don't think the Browns can possibly play that bad two weeks in a row. But two places you could burn down two weeks in a row. I think the Browns playing that bad two weeks in a row is more likely. Agreed. They've been doing it for years, actually. But real fast, too, before I leave, we take off for the night. The Raiders are 0-10, and I was reading something about them today, and I was like, that just all seems so familiar, even though he never were that bad. Just can't win. Nope. Welcome. All right. You can find us on Twitter at 6B and a P, on Facebook by searching 6Bs and a P, and as always on our home, your one source for Forest AquaBearLegion.com. I want to thank all guests that appeared via the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Fresh line and all of our co-hosts, Ian Wolf, Man Wolf. That's me. Brian, Color Man Weeby. Yo, yo. Chris. <laughs> Super Chris Poland. Love you guys. Sherry Oliver. What's your nickname? Guest. 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 Sherry Guest Oliver. We'll see you all back here next week. Go Browns. Burn it, burn it. Oh, Breeze. Oh, yeah. Browns. Browns. You can throw. Burn it. You were my father. Yeah, 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 yeah. Burn it, burn it. Street Flash. Flash oh, baby. Super Bowl. We gotta go. Super Bowl. We gotta go now. Super Bowl. Go Browns! <laughs> Ooh. Hot tits. Hey, Brian Weeby. Yeah? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs>